You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do. It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. Get up, 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 get up. We must eliminate poverty. I don't care what color the person or child. I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning to all the truth seekers out there. I am in rare form, which is solo dolo without one of my queens of intellect. A couple of them were very busy, especially I'd like to highlight Ashley. She's my finance queen of intellect in today's discussion. We're going to get pretty deep with finance all the way to the cryptocurrency end, which is, in a sense, I would say new age finance. But I am happy enough to return one of our most popular guests, one of our most profound guests, a brother by the name of William Agnew. Uh, Thank you, King, for being with me once again. Uh, basically answering the bell when I say, hey, man, let's do something, um, you know, with the Odell Beckham situation, which came prominent, uh, you know, this week, finding out what happened with his salary. Before we get into the details of this morning's discussion question, if you will, King, say hello to the truth seekers out there. Give them a little bit of your background and, and go a little deeper because you're pretty humble with it, but just go a little deeper, especially <laughs> in reference to today's conversation. While you are a serial entrepreneur, you know, you could devil and dabble and share what you want to share about that. But I really want to just really make sure people understand how long you've been in the crypto space. So if you could add that to your okay. background, I would definitely appreciate that context. Thank you, King, for okay. being with me. Huh? No doubt, no doubt. Thank you for having me, sir. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Just yeah, you're coming through loud and clear. Okay. Nah, you're good, King. Okay, cool. So, so like Montoya said, my name is William Agnew. I've been uh entrepreneur since 2008. Um, and, you know, I went down the traditional road, uh, you know, what most people do. I, I have a bachelor's degree in electronics engineering, um, and I have a master's degree in business. And, you know, I wanted the two, the, the two cars, the picket fence, the house. And um, so I went down that road. Um, I got a uh, my first really career job was at Intel Corporation uh, back in 2000, 
And um, what I learned quickly is that it didn't really excite me the way I wanted it to, and it kind of gave me a, a cap, uh, you know, that I did that I really wasn't excited about. And I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit, even with doing that. So I transitioned after about eight years from corporate America uh, into, uh, you know, entrepreneurship. And I started with a cell phone repair business, which back in 2008, nobody knew anything about cell phone repair. They were like, can those even be repaired? Why would I want to repair my cell phone? And so I've always been, just to kind of lead into cryptocurrency, I've always been that kind of guy who doesn't like traditional uh, I'm very excited and interested in things that push the envelope, and I've always been a guy that kind of look at, I, I try to see what's coming, right? I live for today, but at the same time, I know that, you know, to maximize today, you always have to be looking at tomorrow and seeing how things are changing because there's one thing that's really constant in the world is change, right? Change is always, and you know, all of us can vouch for that. Change is always going to happen it's, you know, and if you're living right now, what you see is we are in a place of, you know, systemic change, right, across the board. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about race relations, finance, you know, jobs, the way we work, you know, just so much change is crazy right now in tradition, from tradition to non-traditional ways of, of living. And so to move into the crypto space, um, just, you know, kind of giving you a background on me and my mentality, Crypto was very, very uh, interesting to me back in 2000, I think, 16. Uh, right around the time we had that big run-up where Bitcoin went to, like, 18,000, that, that piqued my interest like crazy because I was like, this is there's something here. And so around that time, I started to really dive in, do a lot of, you know, investigative work and understanding of the crypto space, uh, which was about five, six years ago. And, um, you know, I just got, I got sucked in, and, you know, it, it just – Keep my interest, and I've been investing um, in crypto space uh, since about 2017, and uh, it's been really good to me and for me. Um, and you know, I try to pass my learnings on to, to, to people, specifically, more importantly, my people, because what I know about what's going on right now is there is a systemic change in finance and the way finance is being done, and and there's a lot of confusion out there about what it is, how it works, you know, you know, and so. You know, I'm just here to give clarity on on that more clarity that that people are interested in. No, I love it. I'm glad you went that extensive again. We needed that background so that you know, to a degree, especially for, you know, especially for people that are tuned in now, that they just really understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to establish, especially for new listeners, that to a degree, I really, um, really try to bring on guests who I do. It, it, like you, I love what you said. Bring clarity. You know, our motto is mm-hmm. all I ask that you think, you know what I mean? And I always have this concept that in order to be progressive, a lot of times, for the most part, humans, we, you know, we're habitual by nature, right? And it's just, it's kind right. of to a degree who we are or whatever. But in order to progress, especially after you've got a formal education where, in a sense, you're supposed to be put in a vacuum where you're taught how to think and taught how to see various things. And you dibble and dabble in this subject. It's okay, this is the one I have an interest in. But in a sense, once you're an adult, for the most part, once you've kind of been taken out of that classroom, if you will, then the only mm-hmm. really progress and change to a degree, this is getting my philosophy, is when mm-hmm. you think, I never thought of that. And that's when your mm-hmm. mind naturally gets curious again. Like you, Joe, know, when you highlighted in 2016, Bitcoin hits 18,000. Mm-hmm. And I've had discussions right. on Bitcoin. 
uh, you know, early on as well with people who were probably involved before that point. But it piqued your interest, and a year later, hey, you're in the space. And so I just like to highlight mm-hmm. that again for new listeners that ultimately um, – we just hope to drop seeds and ask that you think about these various things. We're not telling anyone which way to go, but we'd like to provide clarity because, as you said, William, there's a lot of confusion out there, and there's always information overload, which is, a, you know, a huge issue in today's time. But mm-hmm. let's go ahead and get into the, to morning, this morning specifically the discussion question. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and Bitcoin, what the F happened? Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> and Bitcoin. What the F happened? And if you're, you know, tuned in and not familiar, I'll give a little background and we'll go to a quick break and we're going to get right into this. Um, But Odell Beckham Jr., Superstar receiver in the National Football League has a, had a few injuries over the past couple of years. Got stuck in cleat in, in in a sense in the in the hole of the Cleveland Browns. Not to disparage the Cleveland Browns or whatever, but in a sense he you know comes off injury and kind of you know maybe not as seen as quite the superstar that he had seen early on, where he was just kind of breaking a lot of records early in his career. But end up getting a huge NFL contract, and he has a personality that's allowed him to in a sense make money. Off, off, off the field, if you will, and so mm-hmm. um, he gets traded to the Los Angeles Raiders this year, um, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar base salary with incentives that could take it up to four million, which you'll hear a little more in the show about that. But ultimately, he mm-hmm. took his salary in Bitcoin, which was extremely unique. And this mm-hmm. week, people have pointed out with, the, in a sense, the huge drop in Bitcoin, how his mm-hmm. base salary is now only worth $35,000 in a sense. So people say, whoa, cautionary tale this week. Oh, it was so stupid. And so I saw an opportunity because I knew William. Here's an opportunity to have, if you will, a smart dialogue because everything's mm-hmm. not black and white like we like to do in social mm-hmm. media, right? Everything's about right, right and wrong. And as I always say on this show, the truth rarely lives on the edges that truth is usually in the middle. So I just wanted to have an intelligent dialogue about this space because, as you said, hey, there's something there in a sense, and a lot of people are afraid mm-hmm. of it. And then when you see an example like this, people are going to even be more afraid. I'm not telling you to be afraid or not be afraid. I just wanted to have an intelligent right. um, dialogue, which is what we specialize here on the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. So with that said, right. we'll get Yep, we'll go right to a break. When we come back, we'll get hot and heavy and get William's thoughts on what's going on with the Odell Beckham. You also can call in and give us your three cents as well. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. For all the success stories that we see in traders, There are countless others, thousands, even millions of others, of unsuccessful people who were wiped out. Again, that money had to come from somewhere. These are the first questions that keep you in the game because, again, what trading is not, is not a game. Trading is a practice, it's art and science in a way that if you do it correctly, you can make money. This course is designed to help you as a trader, as a young, burgeoning trader, or if you've had some experience and maybe some difficulties in trading, to understand the elements that are involved in what makes trading as hard and competitive and hopefully see some of the success 
that you probably thought that you would have in the first place. Joe, Odell, all the salary in Bitcoin? Odell did, 100% with Cash App teamed up, said I'm taking 100% of my Rams deal in Bitcoin. Yeah, so he's getting a base salary of $750,000, a $500,000 signing bonus. So call that $1.25 million with another $3 million available in incentives. So it could be anywhere from $1.25, million, uh, to over $4 million that he's taking in Bitcoin, which is pretty crazy. What do you think? Welcome back to the Methodology Law Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest William Agnew. This morning's discussion question, Odell Beckham Jr. and Bitcoin, what the F happened? As you just heard, to a degree, um, what the, the exact contract was, base salary of about 1.2, could be a center five, up, up to $4 million. And as I just mentioned this week, it got highlighted because to a degree, that base salary has turned out to be around 35000 which sounds crazy. And, but I would like to highlight, just to give a little context, um, that – when we say superstar receiver, we're talking about someone who at one point received a record deal, five-year, $95 million from the NFL at one time because he's, again, um, made himself a off-field commodity, if you will. Um, Nike has handed him a 20, uh, for what we, can, with the report, possibly says up to $29 million for a contract that over time could turn into $48 million over time. So this brother, too, you know, not saying that that's, he, he has all that money in hand, but just keep in mind that he's coming from that point before he enters into a relatively cheap deal for his basically his former ability, but he's basically taking a deal, and they call it betting on himself, if you will, but he also t- decided to take it in Bitcoin. So with that said, William, um, before you give me give me your first thought when I ask you this question, say, hey, brother, come on this show. And I said, hey, here's mm-hmm. the show. Tell me your first thought, mm-hmm. and then just give me your context to knowing, hey, this brother has been paid a lot of money up until this point, and the world's kind of looking at him as if he's silly now. So your thoughts when you first heard the question and how you view what happened to Odell? Well, well, honestly, uh, I wasn't really aware of the uh, of how impacted he was financially. I, I do know, or I did know that he had decided to take um, his salary in Bitcoin. And for me, that makes, you know, it makes a lot of sense that he would do so understanding Bitcoin. Um, the impact, um, I don't, you know, knowing what I know about it, what I know is how he sees it versus how everyone else sees it. Uh, to understand Bitcoin allows you to understand that he, what, what he's doing, he's fully aware of, and he's okay with the volatility. And if you understand the volatility of Bitcoin and why it's volatile, um, then what you will understand is uh, why he did it. So it, it, we have to get into the nuances of it. Of, of understanding Bitcoin, uh, if you just look at it from the outside looking in and you go and you're just looking at the the, 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 the basic numbers of it, where you're talking about the $750,000 base salary down to $35,000 value as it stands today, then it seems ludicrous, right? But when you get into the nuance of understanding what Bitcoin actually is, then you can get a little bit more clarity on it. So the first thing I thought was, okay, so what, what's, What's the issue? What's the problem? You know what I mean? Based mm-hmm. on who he is, what his capabilities are as far as sustaining his financial 
his financial self along with the investment of Bitcoin, um, then it makes sense for him. Now, does that make sense for everybody? You know, it just depends on your situation. Again, if you understand what Bitcoin is, it makes make a lot of sense if Bitcoin is an investment versus what your positive cash flow and your lifestyle uh, is. So Odell Beckham doesn't, you know, he, he, he's kind of a, obviously he has businesses and, you know, sponsorships and other ways to generate income outside of just his salary for football. And so what he can do is he can take more risk or a little more risk on the volatility of Bitcoin. And understanding that Bitcoin is um, is the early he's an early adopter in Bitcoin is what he would classify himself as. So what he's betting on is that the future revenue of what Bitcoin is. And if you look at the entirety, right, which I'm sure we'll talk about of why Bitcoin is volatile, right, then you can kind of more understand why he's actually choosing to be paid in Bitcoin versus being paid in the U.S. dollar. Now it makes a lot of sense. So let's do this again because I don't know. Again, I know obviously we've been we've been on we've been rocking this intelligent radio for a number of years now. But just in case we do have someone in a sense who's new to this world of cryptocurrency, right? So we're not right, going to do a right. whole lot of this, but it's just it's just for clarity purposes for anybody who listens who doesn't know the difference between, if you will, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. So if you could just give right. you know just the just the, the one oh one just break down because again Bitcoin right. being the most popular known market right. and, and for those who don't know some people they equate it to cryptocurrency is Bitcoin which is not the case so let's make sure we do right. have that clarity before we continue in this conversation so if you can lay that out that would be nice King yeah for sure yeah Bitcoin is being more seen and right now Bitcoin is really early so what is happening is people are trying to classify Bitcoin and really understand what Bitcoin is. Is it a commodity? Is it a currency? Is it an appreciating asset? You know, a lot of that is still trying to be defined. Now, I can tell you what it mimics uh, very, uh, uh, what it mimics very, very parallel is gold. It's a, what people refer to as a form of digital gold. So the concept of gold, if you compare the concept of what gold is uh, with the concept of what Bitcoin is, it matches up almost exactly the same. It's just a digital form of gold. So if you're familiar with gold, which a lot of us are, we don't, we don't operate in it. We don't use it as a currency, right? We use it as a hedge to inflation. And so if you understand what that is, basically people with a lot of money, what they do is when the dollar gets really uh, uh, funny, right, which I call funny money, which is what you're seeing in today's environment. The dollar is, you know, all of us are being impacted by what we see inflation to be. And, you know, you got to understand economics in regards to what causes inflation. And inflation is when you have high demand, right, and you have low supply, right? What happens is the prices of goods and services increase, and that's what we're seeing in today's market. And so Bitcoin or gold, if you will, digital gold, if you will, uh, is finite. Right? It's just like gold. Again, the parallel is just like gold. It's, a, it's, a, it's assumed to be finite. So there's only so much of it, which adds a layer of value to it because only so many people can hold it. There's only so much supply. So in that, right, uh, it, it has this perceived value. So only a few people are going to have it. And so traditionally what people who have money do 
right, who have a lot of dollars, right, when they see this funny money start to happen, and when I speak of funny money, what I'm saying is your buying power. So rich people have a lot of dollars, but what they're saying is the value of their dollar is decreasing every year by what we're going through. So what they start to do is diversify their investment. And the way that they do that is they take a lot of their dollars and they convert their dollars to this asset that is limited. Now, whether that be gold or whether that be uh, land or whether that be houses or whether that be Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the newest asset in all of that stuff that I mentioned. Everybody's familiar with gold. Everybody's familiar with land. Everybody's familiar with houses. Bitcoin is just a new asset or appreciating asset, potential asset. So when you look at it as not so much currency, what people are looking at it today as is property. It's actually more of like property, like an asset, right, that you will hold versus being, say, a currency that you would spend. And it's limited. And so what rich people are doing, a lot of rich people, Tim Cook, Elon Musk, uh, all of the big boys, uh, Jeff Bezos, if you ask them if they uh, have they invested into Bitcoin specifically, they will tell you, yes, they all own a certain percentage of Bitcoin. So what Odell Beckham sees is this behavior, right? And he knows this, and what he's betting on, right, what he's betting on is if you see a bunch of rich people who have money and, they, and you see what's going on in the environment with inflation and the devaluation of the dollar and Rich people are hedging that by buying things such as Bitcoin that is very parallel to gold, which has always been done, right? This is nothing new in relation to gold. People who have a lot of money have always diversified, hedged, and created mm-hmm. insurance with gold. They've always used gold as insurance against fiat currency, which is the dollar, right? And what we can identify with as regular Joes is when we go to the grocery store and when we go to buy a new car, and when we go to buy a house right now, what we know is our dollar doesn't go as far as it used to, right? And that's because mm-hmm. of what's going on in regards to inflation. And the pandemic actually sped that process up probably about 10 years, right? So what you're seeing is extreme inflation, so much so that, that we could easily get to the point where um, we, could easy, we, could, we could easily get to the point where that inflation that inflation could make our lifestyle and living our lifestyle very, very difficult. So no, nah, it makes a lot of sense, uh, brother. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't yeah. Know. yeah, go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to go too long and um, and lose you guys. But is, is that making sense to you? No, nah, it makes sense? a whole lot of sense. I think it was necessary to lay that foundation because. And here's a key word that I heard again, because again, because you know we don't want to assume that people understand what we're talking about. We use the term Bitcoin right. or cryptocurrency, and I, you know, again, thanks right. for that explanation. So, so now yeah. it was perfect. And the, the key word that what I heard was hedge, right? And the reason I, I, right, I pinpoint right. hedge is because what happens is uh, a financial advisor, if you you know have one that's worth their salt, right? One of the things that they're always pushing for any of their clients, and you know, first they start with you know, in a sense, what type of investor are you? As you were highlighting. Um, while people may be looking at the OBG, OBJ situation as a as a silly situation or he did something stupid, you know, based on what right. you know about him and what he understands about Bitcoin, you saw, you know, you're from your viewpoint as a as an investor, mm-hmm. you say, well, based on his tolerance, that wasn't a big issue. He's he's okay with the volatility. So one of the first things financial advisors are always breaking down one, what type of investor are you, and the other thing right. that they really really stress is that you diversify. 
right? Exactly. So, mm-hmm. so that's why the hedge, the hedging that you were speaking to, is the key to this conversation. Mm-hmm. So, as you said, mm-hmm. the, the Bezos of the world, the Tim Cooks of the world. So, just to give some clarity uh, on what you meant by hedging, it's while obviously their money was made in the ways that we may know it to be made. Um, all you're mm-hmm. mentioning when you say hedge is, well, with the dollar being volatile, let me mm-hmm. go ahead and put some of my money to negate some of the volatility, whether that be in gold or, in this case, Bitcoin. Right. So, again, exactly. that's what I really wanted to highlight, one, with the hedging. For the callers out there, right. if you are trying to get in on this discussion this morning, you do need to press 1. For anybody online that may have a question um, for William or just have a dialogue about the Odell Beckham situation, please give us a call at 646-787-1691. Again, 646-787-1691. Now, of course, neither one of us have a personal relationship with um, Odell or anything like that, but I want to (laughs) highlight the numbers that I mentioned prior to the break just to give an outside-looking-in perspective, right? And so if he's received a record-breaking contract of $95 million before, right, and then another $30 million via outside endorsement with Nike along, and he has others. So, you know, if you put that in context, right, the, with the type of money that he has earned in his lifetime, a $751.2 million salary in Bitcoin, just want to put this in perspective now that we've talked about diversifying your portfolio, if you will. Well, a $1.2 million salary that some people now have said this week was so stupid for him to do since it's only worth 35000 now, right? Well, $1.2 million with the kind of money he made is a 1% risk for him. Right, right. Or even maybe even less than 1% risk. Go ahead, King. Right, and 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 conceptually, you have to understand why Bitcoin is volatile, and the reason why Bitcoin is volatile is number one, um, we have this issue. It's not so much understanding what Bitcoin is, as much as it is understanding what's going on on the other side, which is the fiat currency, which is the dollar, right? And so when we understand that we're creating money out of thin air, right, and we're printing more money and the supply of cash, which is what we go to work for every day. Right, And so what you got to understand is what we trust in, which is the dollar that we go to work for, that we trade our time, our energy, you know, our labor for, is, is, is going down in its ability to uh, purchase. Its purchase power is going down. Right? I think we all see that. We can understand that by our own uh, experience, which is going to the gas station, which is going to the grocery store, which is paying rent. Uh, just about everybody's rent has gone up. You know, when they adjust interest rates, what can happen, what will also happen, we'll see the cost of our credit uh, 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 payments every month potentially go up. You know, all of this stuff is going to happen, which is going to inc- uh, cause more, you know, inflation and problems for people uh, to live. So when you have that, and what happens is when people who understand money, when they see that, right, then gold has always been the thing or land or any asset right, that you can hedge against has always been the thing that people would diversify into. And Bitcoin is pretty much the same. So what Odell Beckham is betting on, right, is he's betting on that the situation we're having with our fiat currency, which is our U.S. dollar, if it gets worse, then what you're going to see is those investments, whether you're talking about, again, land, whether you're talking about 
uh, real estate, whether you're talking about Bitcoin, and I look at Bitcoin as property, not currency. See, the way they always put it in front of you, they put it in front of you as if it's a currency, right? And that's what people assume it to be. But Bitcoin was never meant to transact with. It's just like gold. If you think about it like gold, we don't go into a store and we don't buy, you know, our food, our bread, our milk, our eggs with gold, right? We buy it with fiat currency. And so if you think of Bitcoin in that same sense, what Odell Beckham is doing is he's betting on the future, and what he's seeing is that there's a real issue on the, uh, on the fiat side, right? He doesn't see a fix to this inflation uh, based on how we currently do it. Now, we can get deeper into the conversation about what that fix potentially is and what they want that fix to be that repairs the fiat currency. Uh, but with that being said, if you're betting on, uh, 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 you know, the fiat currency to go down, right, then you can assume that Bitcoin is going to go up. And so what I, and what I referred to him, like I said, is that he's a, he's, he, 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 he considers himself an investor and an early adopter, which if you look at any t- kind of technology, again, you can look at Bitcoin as a technology also, right? It's a, it can be a technology. And with all technology, new technology that has, you know, hit historically has always been the case where people say, yeah, that's stupid in the, in the beginning, right? It's dumb. Uh, why would I even have a cell phone? That's stupid. Why would I want a cell phone? People used to say that with cell phones. They'd be like, cell phones are stupid. Why would I want to carry a phone around? That's stupid, right? And so with that being said, we know where we are with cell phones today. And so I use that analogy uh, the same way I, I use, you know, uh, with, with Bitcoin. Early adopters often are called crazy and stupid, right? But what he's betting on is that, you know, five years down the road, 10 years down the road, one single Bitcoin, right, can be worth, you know, maybe a million dollars. And so that's what, he, that's what he's betting on in regards to Bitcoin. And, and, again, I look at Bitcoin more as property than a currency. The currency is something totally different where we can get into what we're talking about with CBDCs and digital currency in, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, uh, your, 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 uh, your stable coins, right? Those are a little bit different. And that's really what they're going to push you into, right? And what that is is it's hey, the let's same do this, relationship. Let's go, that, let's go to a quick break. Okay. And then, yeah, we'll okay. definitely move. Okay, I know I'm getting a little deeper. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. I want to go deeper. We got, we yeah. got time. That's what we do. Okay. We do a couple okay. of hours because we go deep. You know, that's what we do. I see a lot of callers gotcha. out there. If y'all have any questions or want to give your three cents this morning, please hit the one. We'll get you in. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, you have to press one to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. 
I don't know. How is Cash App doing these deals? Because it seems like Aaron Rodgers did a deal with they gave a million dollars. And then obviously Odell has done a similar deal where he's giving away a million dollars worth of Bitcoin. How does that work? Uh, well, th- there's a couple different varieties. Obviously, there's some kind of cash partnership portion of it that they're doing, right? They're affiliated with Cash App. And then there's services like uh, like Zap's product Strike, which is what Russell Kuhn used last year uh, and what Saquon Barkley is using this year for Literally, it's just tra- you're basically doing a direct deposit for Bitcoin, right? So an organization pays you. Unfortunately, the NFL does not allow people to literally get paid in Bitcoin. The team cannot buy Bitcoin and give it to you. Uh, they have to pay you either in uh, be a direct deposit or physical check. So what happens is they send a direct deposit to their this account. It gets converted to Bitcoin or exchanged for Bitcoin, and it's put in their in in their wallet uh, before they ever see the money, right? So technically, he's being being paid in Bitcoin. Um, but it's wild to see these companies still doing it, right? Like, I think it makes sense from some perspective. You got to think about it that like some of these athletes are going to make hundreds of millions of dollars, right? So uh, allocating 5 million or 10 million or something like that in the grand scheme probably won't be uh, that big of a deal, right? Like it's just some exposure to the industry and maybe he's doing more than that. I know he owns a crypto funk and some other stuff too, uh, but it's super interesting just to see this continue to spread throughout culture, right? Like Cash App has done that more than anyone partnering with people and giving away Bitcoin uh, and continuing to go, and give uh, and, and get adoption, right? Just just more ingraining and deeper within culture, I think, is important. Do we think that? Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates. Special guest William Agnew for this morning's discussion question: Odell Beckham Jr. and Bitcoin. What the f happened? If you're just now tuned in, we are discussing the Odell Beckham salary from the. Los Angeles Ram that he decided to take, as you heard in that cut, completely in Bitcoin, um, 750 to 1.2 million base salary, basically, once you include the bonus. Um, as of this week, based on the evaluation of Bitcoin, and one other aspect that I didn't point out, and we'll get into a little bit uh, later in the show, um, but part of uh, his, based on the evaluation of Bitcoin, that salary that, in a sense, was um, income or whatever I should say that income at 750 or 1.2 in cash is now worth 35,000 USD 35,000 USD but in part um, he's also taxed on the hun- the whole 750,000 in income so just keep that in mind too a big portion of it went to taxes but what's left over for him to actually quote unquote receive if he chose to receive it was is thirty five thousand K. So that's highlighting why we're having a dialogue for um today with William, who is a in a sense an early investor into crypto. And I wanted to give people a viewpoint of how someone like a William sees the Odell Beckham situation versus, you know, someone like myself who who has or just or less than a hundred dollars that I've invested in the Bitcoin, you know, just playing around with right. it. So I, you know, I don't, I don't know the the industry. And I, as I've said at the beginning of this show, outside looking in, I like to talk to people like William who are in it, and he has a very different viewpoint. The key thing that I heard in that cut, if you will, and this is something that you're always talking about, was they highlighting. Mm-hmm. Odell Beckham being, you know, that watching the adoption of these mm-hmm. things. So you got a cash mm-hmm. app. All of us are now real hip that we can send money in a few seconds, right, between each other. We've mm-hmm. adopted that 
you know, very quickly. And then you see a company like Cash App teaming up with a superstar to do mm-hmm. something like this. And you're always talking about mm-hmm. this, William, the idea of adoption. And, and when it comes, in a sense, in particular to our community, you like to pay attention mm-hmm. to adoption. That's kind of what drives you when you go down one of these paths in a progressive manner. So if you could just kind of speak to that and why, how it plays such a role and why you're willing to, in a sense, tre- you know, trudge out there early to become an early adopter, yeah. if you will. Well, there's an old adage that says all you got to do is follow the money, right? So that's, that's the old adage. If you want to know what's really going on, if you want to know the truth, follow the money, right? They use that in almost every aspect of, of life, whether you're trying to figure out a crime that happened or, you know, mm-hmm. the investigators use that. Follow the money. Follow the money. That's the first thing they do, right? And so that concept is true in every, every, almost every case of, you know, our lives. You know, if you're trying to get a job, most people, you go to school, like, Everything at the at the end of the day is about following where the money is and trying to go to that place. And, um, you know, this is no different in regards to what I see because what I see is a lot of, you know, big boys, like a big players. And that's what you can always do. If the investment is being made, which can almost guarantee a lot of times is people have already worked out the numbers or the plan in order to get that return back, right? So when you see Crypto.com on top of the Staples Center, uh, when you see crypto, this, that, and the third on every other commercial, when you see the NBA wearing crypto on their, you know, on their clothes, when you see Matt Damon, you know, when you see Aaron Rodgers, when you see, you know, Tom Brady doing commercials, right, these are investments, heavy investments that are being made in this space. And I'm never going to look the opposite way when I see money at that level being invested because the way I look at it for myself and the way I teach my family and my daughter how to look at it is, you know, follow the money. Look at where the investment is being made because a piece of that could be yours also, and it doesn't, it doesn't take but a small piece. I mean, again, I mentioned the 700. I mentioned the the, the, the crypto dot com on top of the Staples Center. That was a 700 billion dollars, 700 billion dollar deal just for the all oh, million, excuse me, yes, Make just it. for the name. That's huge. That's that's huge. And so when you see that, you know, there's a, there's a future of potential there. And when you go back to Odell Beckham, that's what he's betting on. So he's in that environment. And when he sees that amount of money in what he participates in being invested, then best believe these guys are going to want a piece of that also, which is why you see uh, the investment being made. And, again, if you understand what crypto is, uh, what Bitcoin is, it's focusing on Bitcoin again. Bitcoin, like today. I'll give you an example of what the possibilities are. There's a term called uh, decentralized finance, right? And decentralized finance is basically uh, opposite of centralized finance. So centralized finance is the old banking way of institutional banking. What they want to introduce now is a term called decentralized finance, which allows more people to play. Essentially, that's it. And when you have more people that can play, that means more money is going to come into the the system, which is our financial system, our banking system, it allows for better control, which allows more people to actually play. So you have what is known as decentralized finance. Now, the way Bitcoin plays into that is you can actually right now, Montoya Smith can go on Coinbase, and for every $250 worth of Bitcoin he has, he can borrow against that $250. So if, if you go on Coinbase right now and you do what they call stake, right? This is staking. 
So this is basically locking it in, saying, hey, bank, you can hold my 250, and what I'm going to allow or what I need you to do is you can let people borrow against my 250, right, or I can borrow against my 250. So you got to understand how significant that is in the game of deregulated finance, people to actually play. I'll give you an example. If you have a house, right, and that house is valued at $300,000, there's no way you can cut a piece of that house out to borrow against it or let somebody borrow against a piece of that house. You have to do the whole thing. The The beauty with or the ability with something like Bitcoin is you it's break, you can break it down. So of that, say Bitcoin is, let's just say Bitcoin is worth $100,000. You don't have to play with the entire $100,000. You can cut it down to the two fifty. You can say, hey, for every 250 bucks, I want to borrow $100. So what that allows, in essence, is it allows people who would not have the ability to actually borrow money or hedge against something that you can't break down like a house. Right now, most Joe, most most regular Joes, the thing that they borrow against a lot of times is their house, right? Mm-hmm. Or that's the biggest asset most people own. But the problem right. with that is it creates no flexibility to actually make the money make sense in terms of borrowing and lending and things like that. So what's very exciting in Bitcoin, and we're staying just on Bitcoin right now, is Bitcoin allows you to cut the pie up, break it down. It allows people to play. So if Montoya has $100, right? Yes, he can buy a piece of Bitcoin. If he has $100, he can't buy a house. So this is why I look at it as property. It's one of those things that once you understand the concept of how you can borrow against it, leverage it as property, you can stake it. These are terms that are important to understand because these are going to allow more people to actually participate. This is why you see countries like, uh, what's the country that just adopted uh, Bitcoin? Um, was it Singapore, Singapore uh, or Bangladesh? Singapore, Bangladesh. Bangladesh. It's a couple. It's a couple. It's a couple of them. But this is what they see, right? This is what attracts them to adopting something like Bitcoin as currency, right? Is the ability. It might have been Brazil. It might have been Brazil. I'm sorry about that. I might, it, I'll talk yeah, about it, it, it might. Yeah, it might have been Brazil. But what it allows, in essence, Bitcoin, just staying on Bitcoin again, because it's so much bigger than Bitcoin. Like, it's, Bitcoin is just the, 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 it's the marketing, right? It's the excitement. Because in order to get people to buy into anything, profit is the biggest, motiva- is the biggest motivator for most people. So what you're seeing in this space we're in with Bitcoin right now is that the ability to profit is what's getting everybody's attention. So when you talk about Bitcoin, the first thing that the, most people think about is, well, how much money can I make, right? It's an investment, right? It's if I buy it today, how much is it going to be tomorrow, how much money I'm going to make? But it's so much bigger than that in the grand scheme of what's to come in the future around, you know, blockchain, right? It's something we haven't mentioned. Uh, digital currency as a whole, uh, you know, stable coins as a whole. Uh, CBDCs, which are central bank digital currencies as a whole. Bitcoin is the marketing, right, that is pulling the entire system, which is blockchain and everything else. It's going to pull everybody in to this entire new way of banking. So we get away from what they call a legacy system into a new uh, decentralized finance system that can be managed globally. And so when you understand that entire concept, and you kind of and Bitcoin's not going away because Bitcoin is gold, so it's the hedge. Now, 
Bitcoin may go through those rough patches like gold did. So if you if you understand what happened with gold back in 71, President Nixon took gold off of the dollar, right? Mm-hmm. And in some sense, he made gold illegal for a certain period of time. So what do you think happened to gold? Everybody was turning their gold in. Gold had zero value for a certain period mm-hmm. of time because it was illegal. It was illegal to have, right? Because oh, wow. they did not yeah, they did not want you to have gold. They made gold illegal because they wanted people to buy into the dollar, the USD. The, the, and this is the 71. So, I mean, you can go do wow, that. You can go not do that long ago. Go. Yes. I, no, that's, that's not amazing. that long. Yeah. No, nah, that's amazing. We yes. actually forget the break, so I don't want to cut up your thought. So let's let's jump right. into that. Yeah, that's the kind of I didn't even realize that I knew we had taken the dollar off. But I didn't know the other history associated with that little time period that you're referring to exactly. I definitely right. could understand when you break it down to me how gold at the moment easily could have went down. As you know, I didn't know it went to zero, but I'm not shocked to hear that. But I didn't know, you know, well, to gold, the you're talking about. I'm not sure. I, let me restate. I'm not sure if Nixon made it illegal. It could have been before that. There was one president that I think made it illegal, but it was the same concept. What they wanted you to okay. do was turn your gold in, right? Gotcha. They wanted you to turn your gold in. So they wanted Not you to make see gold as no value so that the perception that they wanted the public to have is that gold wasn't the real value, right? The dollar was. Well, gotcha. You know that makes sense. Now that's key. And yes. I looked it up real quick. It was El Salvador that adopted um, Bitcoin as a tender. It was El, yeah, Salvador. El Salvador. That's it. Yep. 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 All right. We'll be right back. Yep. Listening to the Mental Dollar Talk Show. Where all I ask is that you think. Are you intimidated by money? Well, this is a question most people never think to ask themselves. But when forced to think about it, many people realize they have unrecognized fears that truly affect how they deal with money. If you want to learn more about money and the fears that keep you from prosperity, join us for Making Money Matter Mondays, where money meets mental health with personal finance coach Ashley Thomas and psychotherapist Dr. Katrina Pitts. Every second Monday of the month, find out if you're intimidated by money and what to do about it. To receive a link to this free Zoom event, please DM the Making Money Matter or the Mental Dialogue Instagram pages or contact 404-604-9477. purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Ephraim's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases, and for sales, his no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Ephraim Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. We think that Odell is a smart financial decision for Odell to take... uh... Uh, 100% of the salary in Bitcoin? Yes. I think it's super smart. And also, I'm willing to bet that not only does he uh, come out on top from just taking it in Bitcoin rather than dollars, but also from like a cultural standpoint and making himself relevant, uh, driving other sponsorship deals, et cetera, to lead to more money over time, uh, which, you know, and then he also got paid probably by Cash App to do this. Uh, so he's just going to make more and more money. So I, I tend to think that not only is a good decision, you know, on the Bitcoin, but also it's going to be a good decision for him uh, from a business standpoint as well, right? 
Yeah, I mean, somewhere between one to four million dollars is what he'll end up, depending on how the incentives play out from from uh, taking cash in Bitcoin. And when you think about that, Cash App obviously paid him something. You know that he he, he owns a CryptoPunk. He's been very vocal about his uh, involvement within the space. So there's obviously going to be other business ventures or other partnership deals or things that come out of this. So I think even just from a cash perspective, he probably comes out on top. Uh, and then from like a, a Bitcoin appreciation standpoint, obviously we're big believers that he'll come out on top there also. So I think, yeah, just from uh, from actual cash, he's getting paid, the Bitcoin appreciation, his relevance and culture, all of this, it makes a lot of sense to uh, to make a big announcement. Like, Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, Odell Beckham Jr. and Bitcoin, what the F happened? Our special guest is William Agnew, uh, serial entrepreneur, cryptocurrency investors. We hear a cut. The cut. Just to be real clear, is well well prior to this week when we, when Bitcoin and since I'll, I'll use the word crash just from my layman terms, um, Bitcoin specifically uh, basically has evaluated about half of what it was worth at the time. So as you hear these guys mm-hmm. mention, they thought that hey, this was a smart move from Beckham at the time. I've seen some people even in finance say hey, a stupid decision as of today. So, again, I wanted to highlight and put context on that cut that was prior to this moment. Here's the clarity I will add just from listening and learning from William. And, and let me keep this in mind for anybody out there listening. This dialogue is not encouraging you one way or the other. It's about learning information and understand the reality of, in a sense, the future where finance is going, um, not telling you what to do. We're just having this dialogue. So the one thing I'll say out of the context of that conversation, while today, uh, based on those guys saying, hey, that was a smart move by Odell, the reality is that the USD part of that deal right now doesn't look favorable. But they also mentioned um, Bitcoin, I mean, not Bitcoin, um, Cash App, paying him to do so, that there's uh, a lot of other money that could be made by, in a sense, stepping up in the culture. He has crypto punk, uh, which we definitely have to talk about that. Again, there's so many, so different, so much terminology and so much opportunity in something that is a reality, even whether you want to bury your head in the sand, it is a reality that is coming. And we have fortunate enough to have William Agnew, who's been investing since 2016, just walking us through this from his perspective. So I know I said a lot there, William, but I definitely wanted to highlight, again, um, we're not even judging Beckham is stupid or not or good or anything to that degree or whatever, but you have highlighted that he's an early adopter. uh, And, you know, the idea of crypto punk, which is an NFT, you've been on the show in the past highlighting something that Steph Curry did recently with NFT. So I just think it's the appropriate transition to even highlight the other aspects versus just only singularly being focused on how much is his contract worth today, you know, to a degree yeah. only being worth 35000 today, but there's other places where he's looking to make his money. Um, having CryptoPunk is one of those things. So if you could just kind of maybe dialogue about that, King. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would assume, you know, kind of like the guys were saying on the cut, I would assume it was a no-brainer for Odell Beckham. I mean, if you, I'm sure they paid him probably higher than his salary for that year, right, oh, just wow. for the sponsorship. So, so I would assume sponsorships are usually what. No, no respect like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're making a yeah, mo- mo- yeah, multi-million dollars. So if you come to me and you tell me, hey guy, 
I'm going to pay you more than what your salary is for you to endorse this. And we're going to, you know, and what we're going to say publicly is that you're going to take your salary, you know, in Bitcoin, right? It makes a no-brainer for him because he's doubling up. He's getting more from the sponsorship, right, And which is covering what he would be making in terms of USD and his salary. And then he's also, you know, getting the investment, you know, of his salary in Bitcoin. So he's killing two birds with one stone. It's just a no-brainer for me in Rico. But, but Odell Beckham's a special case. He's a, he's an athlete. He's a celebrity. He can do that. He has that leverage. You know, that's his, his, his popularity. His brand allows him to do that. He can command money from other places to make those investments. Now, your average Joe Pub, right, not so much. Like most of the money we make via our exchange of labor and USD goes to our lifestyle and, and you know, make, making sure that, you know, we can live comfortably. Um, so he's a, he's a bit of a different case. So for him, it's a no-brainer. It just makes mm-hmm. stupid sense. It's like he would be, you know, unless he just did not believe in Bitcoin at all, you know, and he wasn't willing to take any uh, risk on it at all, it would be stupid for him not to take that deal, right? That's a deal. Let me, say this, real sure. quick. Let me let's say this real quick yeah. just to highlight, um, again, the reason he's getting approached is because he's been an earlier adopter and who's being seen. So right. Cash App is also exactly. sizing up which guy we're going to get because there's bigger stars than Odell Beckham, <laughs> right. right? Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. But he's not yeah. the person that doesn't see it that way. So it becomes a perfect marriage. Let me just throw that out as, you know, my little three cents in this discussion as well. Sure. We got a couple of callers as well. Go ahead and finish your thoughts, and I'm going to get to the callers. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and the transition into NFTs, NFTs is just that. that you know, the uh, the example I gave with Steph Curry with the popularity, I, I call it a three-headed monster. It's popularity, it's significance of what it is in regards to perceived value, um, and it's one more thing, but I can't think of what it is. But that's what drives NFTs, right? Steph Curry is a celebrity, right? What he did is the celebrity. So you got the celebrity, right, which you just talked about. You have the accomplishment or the significance of the time stamp which was Steph Curry was breaking the record, right? And then it's the uh, it's, it's just the popularity of what he did, which adds the value to the NFT. So if I take that NFT or that picture of those shoes and I put that on the, the platform and I say, hey, there's a perceived value here based on it's a it becomes a collectible, right? And a collectible and a uh, a asset, right, in terms of something that appreciates such as a Bitcoin, it's not it's not a lot of difference in you know that, right? You could actually say what Odell Beckham is buying in terms of Bitcoin is a collectible, right? You could say that. That's why I said Bitcoin is not defined by what people think it is, which is currency. It's defined by what people perceive the value to be based on how much is available. So when you talk about Steph Curry and NFTs, it's the same concept, right? He only <laughs> minted 2,239 of those, which means there's a limited amount. And so very few people are going to own those. So with that being said, based on the significance of what that is, how much, Montoya, do you perceive that to be worth? And at the end of the day, that's, that's really what Bitcoin NFTs are. So I hope what I did right there is help you understand the significance of NFTs compared to Bitcoin. It's almost one and the same. It's limited, right? It's a collectible in a sense. And there's a perceived value in what it actually does or can do for people, right? But that's totally separate from this USD side and these stable coins over here. So what I want to do is keep that separated because you've got to understand what Bitcoin is right now, right, and mm-hmm. what NFTs are right, right now. They're, co- 
in, in a sense, they're more collectibles or property than anything. You know what I mean? No, I mean and people are buying into that. No, so, what, so what Odell Beckham's doing is he, he's leveraging his celebrity to, to capitalize on that right now, which is smart in my opinion. No, no, it makes sense. And, you know, for NFT is non-fungible tokens, just to give that clarity again right. um, uh, for anybody out there listening. And just to give a little more context to the Steph Curry situation, which William came on the show and mentioned on another show. Um, if you, mm-hmm. uh, most of you should, you know, hopefully most of you know who Steph Curry is, um, widely popular um, point guard for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, he broke the um, three-point point record for career threes, and he actually – created an NFT with the that, that exact number of threes that he broke it with and basically charged a specific amount and made a million dollars. I think you said in about eight minutes, if I remember correct. I may and, be wrong. Like, like eight minutes. Yeah. He minted, right? Minting is basically putting it on the blockchain, which we haven't talked about, but the blockchain is an important part of, of that, of that uniqueness because you have to have something that, that, that validates that this is original, Right. And so the technology has now been created to validate. And so when you can validate the authentic, the authentic or authenticity of what it is, then obviously it's like the Mona Lisa, right? Yeah, you got some fake ones out there, but what validates that this is the real one? And when we have that ability to do that, then it's going to hold. And that's why NFTs are so popular because now we're, we're, we're promoting this, this technology that validates and verifies. And so what you really got to understand is what we're moving to. All of this is driving us to validation and verification, right? And that's what the big boys want. They want all of us to be verified and validated on the system. So what you're seeing is all of this selling you on the importance. People are making money through validation and verification. So if I can buy an NFT for $1,000 today, right, and I create one, because this is what's happening when you talk about crypto punks, you're talking about whatever it is, right? If I can create that and I can say, man, it's like a painting. Say I painted something and I said, man, I can put this on a system that allows me to validate the originality of it. I did it and it can't be copied. It can't be duplicated. So it's going to hold its value. I can put it on there. And when I put it on there, Eminem is going to come and buy it for $400,000. I'm going to buy into that technology of verification and validation. Nah, that's big. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it's exciting. It says, oh, that's the good in it. The good in it, because there's good in verification and validation, right? Unfortunately, right, it can be used just like any other technology where verification and validation can be used for bad. And so the idea right now, just like any technology is, verification and validation helps you with the good, it helps you get more. Like Steph Curry, for instance, he was able to do that, take a picture of his shoes, right? He had an accomplishment. He is Steph Curry. He validated that, which he wasn't able to do before without the technology. But now that he can take that picture, he can mint that picture, he can put it on that system, and you know that when you buy it, this is from Steph Curry, you're willing to pay a higher price. And so he was able to sell those 2239 Right, in less than I think an hour, sold out in an hour. He made he generated a okay. million dollars. Now, to give the significance of that, Steph Curry also continues to get a residual, a royalty, and that's the difference. Sale. Yeah, that's the difference. That's the difference. So <laughs> yes. think of uh, think of if if he got a million dollars for a painting of his shoes, for example, which is the context exactly. that most of us 
have, it would be that million mm-hmm. dollars. Sells it to you know William buys it because he's able to do that right. William buys mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. and it, and then it, over the years it it goes up in values and and William keep it in his family legacy and maybe it's worth five million mm-hmm. and then something comes up and, mm-hmm. and William says you know what I, I want to take that painting sell it so he makes his money at five million and on, William mm-hmm. got the four million. Steph Curry wouldn't mm-hmm. get that. The technology mm-hmm. now allows the selling of each NFT to get a residual just like a musician does in the music industry. So the technology exactly. has been moving that So, again, exactly. these things are happening. Can't bury our heads in the sand. It's not saying to just run out and do it. It's just because, trying right. to bring about awareness. We're at the top of the hour. We'll be right back. Brother Pianchi, we'll get you coming out of the break, as well as 050, we'll get you coming out of the break as well. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Daddy, what's the world? Yeah. Take those monies and spread across families. My sister Hattie and Lou, the nephews, cousins, and TT. Eric, the rest of be for whatever she wants to do. She might start an institute. She might put poor kids in school. My stake in Rock Nation should go to you. Leave a piece for your siblings to give to their children, too. Title the champagne. Do say I'd like to see a nice peace fund ideas for people who look like we. We gon' start a society within society. That's major. Just like the Negro League. It was a time America wouldn't let us fall. Those times are now back. It's now called Afrotech. Generational wealth, that's the key. My parents ain't had shit, so that shift started with me. My mom took up money, she bought me bonds. That was the sweetest thing of all time, uh. Legacy, 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 legacy. Black excellence, baby. You gonna let them see. Legacy. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest William Agnew, serial entrepreneur and early investor and adopter into cryptocurrency as we're discussing Odell Beckham Jr. and Bitcoin. What the F happened? I got Brother Piaki out of St. Louis on the line. I'm going to let that brother get in on this morning's discussion. If you want to be like Brother Piaki, please call us at 646 646- Seven eight seven one six nine one and press one to let us know you want to speak. All right, brother Pianchi, we got you in. Thanks for calling in, King. What you got for us? Well, I kind of look at things a little bit different. <laughs> now, we respect it. We love it. Now, Brooklyn, I don't know the complete story. I think you said he'd also mine cryptocurrency. Did you say that, sir? No, we have, I've mentioned um, that I'm aware of that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, um, William. Like, maybe I missed something. Go ahead. No, I don't know if he's talking to you or talking to me when he asked the question, so I, 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 I'm well, responding. Well, um, yeah, did, um, he said, um, I, I don't think I've heard it. Um, yeah, I was talking to your guest, uh, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. William, did you, oh, mention, yeah. That you mentioned that he minds it? Because I, I wasn't familiar with that. Maybe you did and I didn't catch no, it. No, I, 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 don't, I, I, didn't, I didn't say anything about mining. I don't think he's in the mining business. Uh, I, I haven't heard anything about mining. I, yeah, I haven't either. Know, I, no, I, yeah. Well, here's the thing. If he had a contract for a million dollars, cash money, I would have took the cash money. Pay taxes on it, which would have been thirty percent. I would have got seven hundred thousand dollars. Then I went out, went out and bought thirty-five thousand dollars worth of bitcoins. Why would you? Why would you? See, everything that people say in talking, it always evolves to one thing: fiat currency, United States dollar. U.S. dollar is not going no place, and if it did go someplace against this will, it wouldn't be much left on this planet to live for. Now, back in 2007, I was mining physical gold in an African country for $252 an ounce. So what is it worth now? Remember, 252 an ounce, we're talking about U.S. dollars. Now, the price has went up the that same amount, the value of it went up because somebody is willing to pay, say, $8,000. Actually, it's about 17000 in U.S. dollars. So it, 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 it's really – now, and let me say something else. The Mona Lisa portrait, which is worth more, the original or those lookalikes? It's the original. For a lookalike to be worth more than the original, man, something went on overnight. So I just, that's just my opinion. Now, there's nothing wrong with what to, to invest. I invest in uh, cryptocurrency myself. And the thing is, is that it's volatility that allows people to uh, buy it low and sell it when it goes high. If the rules apply another way, you can sell it high and buy it back low in order to close out the account. But, uh, no, I would have took the million dollars in U.S. cash on the contract, paid the IRS 30%, leaving me with $700,000, and I can go out and buy as many uh, $35,000 bitcoins as I wanted. I could have bought 10. That's $350,000. I would have had 10 coins. Now, this speculation that people talk about, it would have happened. That's my opinion. Now, nah, here's a perspective. Let me ask you this, brother Piak. You know, you know, let we we can jump in as well. So, uh, William, again, just from his perspective, keep in mind he did this with um, um, Cash App as a company, and so I I I, I definitely so to a degree, William speculated, which I think is a fair speculation, that because yeah. crypto doing this as a marketing thing to a degree. They probably paid Odell his salary mm-hmm. to be to be the one to do it. So due to his popularity, it ends up being again like kind of what William keeps making sure that we distinguish that Odell is unique in his case because of his celebrity. He's probably generated the money strictly from Cash App as well. So his situation is probably different than you and I could do, if you will. And it's not even saying that you're wrong. I just wanted to hear your thoughts in the event that maybe he and, was and let me put one more. Go ahead. Let, Go ahead, let me make another point, please. This is very invaluable. Yeah, when people please. talk about print not a plain error. Well, that's kind of a, 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 is a misnomer. Let's look at this. The country of Gambia 
Central Africa has copper in the ground. Gambia can monetize that copper and print money against the United States is able to print money against the good faith of the United States. Well, let's say that, the power and the good faith of the United States. That's why they're able to print money out of what you call thin air. Any country can do that. If, if Ghana, West Africa has got aluminum in the ground, they should be able to print local currency against that aluminum that's in the ground because it's worth something. If you borrow against, if you borrow money from the IMF, they're going to, and you default on it, they're going to come extract that aluminum out the ground. They can't get your money. Your money ain't worth nothing. Look at Zimbabwe. So, no, that stuff by saying that you uh, denigrating the U.S. because they print money out of plain air is uh, misleading because the, 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 the value of the money is on the good faith and the power of the United States of America. That's why I come to Haven to do that. Anyway, thank you. So I want to I get William to jump in before we let you go, but we're going to go to um, the next caller. Okay. Well. William, any thoughts? Yeah, any thoughts real quick? I get a good, this is just good dialogue. I'm not, I'm not pushing one way or the other. I just want to hash it out. Yeah. Yeah, and, and 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 I don't have a you know I don't have a position in, in regards to what's wrong or what's right. Uh, most of my position is just you know bringing forth the information that I see happening in the marketplace, right? And and most of it we can agree that that is happening. There is some speculation, you know, and what we're saying. Obviously, speculatively, Bitcoin uh, is is a lot of speculation as to what it's going to even be or even regulated. Uh, with that being said, I agree with Dr. Pianchi. Uh, U.S. dollar is not going anywhere, right? It's going to be here. As a matter of fact, uh, I also believe that the debt of $27 trillion is minimal in regards to what it could be pushed to. It could easily be $100 trillion, and we operate the same way, right? The only reason I do believe, and again, this is a little bit of speculation, that, that, the, um, that the inflation we see, right, is being created, right, uh, which is part supply money supply to it so when you talk about printing money right that's the idea is that yeah we got to add more cash and, and deplete the resources or the products or the services to get this uh inflation to to take to make to happen so that we can push people into a new system uh, because the more pain we feel at the register the more we're going to invite something different in regards to how we do business each and every day and that's at the that's at the pump that's at the grocery store, that we're going to need something very soon if we continue to move down this way of, of inflation. So whether that's done purposefully or whether that's done just by, you know, the, the significance of what's happening across the pandemic and people not wanting to go to work and all of this stuff that we see, and that's neither here nor there. The, 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 the let me give you, is, let me the reality, give you an example on that, the reality, oh, well, let me finish this statement real quick. The reality is inflation is impacting Joe Puff, right? I think we all agree with that. People, lifestyles mm-hmm. are changing. Crime, crime is increasing, right? And all of this is a result of, of inflation, which, you know, it's going to continue to happen, I, I, I think we could. So the question is, yeah. what is the solution? What is the solution? Let me tell you, right? let me give you an example. If you, myself, and Montoya was the country, and each of us had $20, well, mm-hmm. suppose we brought in 100 more people. Where are they going to get their $20 from? You got to print it. Right. 
Agreed. I mean, that's just the way. Which, now, those other things I, that you made point on, yes, they exist, but I can't come on it, comment on them now. Now, on the thing of Bitcoin, I, reckon, I, I recommend people get involved in any opportunity that exists. The one thing about the now they trade Bitcoin uh, just like they do the Forex. They trade the Forex. They trade Bitcoin. They're right. using algorithms or robots right. to do it. And I'm seeing returns as much as 3% a week, actually 3% a day. Compound, wow. you're talking about a lot. My advice is this. Get involved with what you call the initial. Get involved with the initial. Then when the balance grows, take your initial out, then play on the house. Agreed. You got your initial in. You can't lose, You can't, but you got your initial in. And sometime in the future, yes. take some more out and continue to play on the house. Now you in yes. an assured position of good standing. Would you agree? Yes, that I agree. That's fundamental, right? That's the fundamentals of investing, which is totally fundamental. I think uh, Mr. Salter, uh, that's his, you know, uh, I think uh, you had him on a couple of weeks ago, right? Weeks ago. Uh, fundamental and, yeah, uh, fundamental investing. Investing is definitely fundamental, and what you're talking about is the fundamentals. What I would also add to what you said is indeed a fact. If you can bring more customers on, that 20, $27 trillion is not so bad, right? And so that's what the no, technology allows. Right, that's what the technology allows. So if you move to this decentralized finance, yes, if you move to this decentralized finance, and you move away from this legacy system, which is like a computer in the 1990s is how they described it. $27 trillion is a drop in the bucket when you can bring on more customers. And we all know business at the end of the day is how many customers can I bring onto my platform. So that's what this technology allows. So what, we, so what they have to do, so if you look at this in, in, as a whole, right, the whole thing, not just Bitcoin in a, in a, in a bubble, not just you know, stable coins in a bubble, not just, uh, you know, uh, you know it, all of this stuff in NFTs. Everybody's looking at this in a bubble. Essentially what this is, and this is, this is, this is exactly what you're saying, Dr. Pianchi. If you can bring more people on, so how do you bring more people on? That'd be the question. And so if you look at this as a whole, what's happening is people are being sold on this technology of verification and validation because that's important. Mm-hmm. In order to bring people on, we got to verify who's coming. Right? We have to verify that Montoya Smith is who he says he is, and we have to ensure that he is protected, right? And, he, and no, you know, he can't be hacked. All of these things have to happen. And if we can do that, then $27 trillion is a drop in the bucket because more people can participate from their cell phone versus having to have a bank on a corner of their community. So you see what that does? So, yeah, $27 trillion, well, yeah, we can you, print that. You know another thing, too. We can print that. Another thing too, go ahead. You can't keep up with people. I can't keep up with Montoya because I was used to keeping up with him with a social security card that an employer <laughs> reported to me, and what he reported right. has the match. With right. a blockchain, especially with an encrypted address, is no way you can keep up with them. But this is right. the USD side. This is the US. This is not the time. This is what's being sold <laughs> to you on the Bitcoin side, right? The Bitcoin sells it to you. But the regulation. And I'm saying that good, I'm, I'm the, saying that from a good point now. I'm not saying it from a bad yeah, point. Yeah. I'm saying it from a right, good right, point. Right, right, right. Because right, and right now, Joe Biden just hired 
What do you, how many right. eighty-seven thousand IRS agents? Well, you're gonna need four yeah. times that much to keep up with you trading with an encrypted address and also on the blockchain. If you ain't got the address, what's up on the blockchain is up there. You, and that's the thing. You're gonna know if it's you. Yeah, but the system is going to identify you, right? Like the 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 computer is going to be able to track, identify, and verify and validate who you are as just a number, right? That's why digital wallets. When we talk about digital wallets, right, like the guy talked about in the cut, right, he's going to get a digital wallet, his money's going to go to a digital wallet. I see in the future that everyone is going to be required to have a Fed wallet, a federal wallet. And so to receive your money, right, just like a bank account, you're going to be required to have a, a, what they call a Fed wallet. And all of your transactions, whether in or out of that ledger, right, are going to be required to go through this federal wallet. And that's so the system, not people, not the IRS in terms of human capital, the IRS in terms of the system, the mega computer, the supercomputer, right, the algorithm, it will be able to, it will be able to do and keep up with you and verify and validate if you. They do away, if they do away with <laughs> if they do away with the dollar, yes, that that, that would be something else. But there's ways but to get around that also. But it but but it's not even about doing away with the dollar. The dollar can still exist, and it will exist. It'll be just the digital form of the dollar, what they call the USDC. It's still well, the dollar. It's just, in digital, it's just in digital form. What you're talking about is the difference between yeah. cash and digital. Yeah, I'm talking about you cash. You can have cash. If they do away yeah. with cash, yeah. they do away with, yeah. if they do away cash, then that will come into effect. But even so, 100%. there's still ways to get away, get around that. Hey, right, fair enough. We, there's, always, there's, there's always ways. There's always that's the thing about humans. Humans yeah. are gonna always find a way to circumvent the circumvent the system. Always, always. But keep up, keep up doing the good it. work, Montoya. <laughs> you gonna be the NFT one day. I can just see. <laughs> it's coming, the brother Piaki. Now appreciate the brother. Uh, yeah, I, I love, you, love when you, Thank you, Mr. Piaki. I love when you jump on because again, y'all can have this conversation at a higher level than I ever could. I actually blew the. Um, the commercial, um, uh, <clears throat> last 3050, you absolutely are coming on after this commercial. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. If you're looking to purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Elfram's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases and for sales. His no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Elfram Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. For all the success stories that we see in traders, there are countless others, thousands, even millions of others of unsuccessful people who were wiped out. Again, that money had to come from somewhere. These are the first questions that keep you in the game because, again, what trading is not, is not a game. Trading is a practice, it's art and science in a way that if you do it correctly, you can make money. 
This course is designed to help you as a trader, as a young, burgeoning trader, or if you've had some experience and maybe some difficulties in trading, to understand the elements that are involved in what makes trading as hard and competitive and hopefully see some of the success that you probably thought that you would have in the first place. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I want to highlight our latest sponsor, Blacks Academy. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have a conversation a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Blacks Academy is basically a investing and trading academy that teaches you the fundamentals that we heard uh, our guest, William Agnew, speak to. And um glad to have them on, uh, basically, a co- uh, Michael Sutler is basically the founder of Blacks Academy. He's been in the space for um, almost a decade and a half. And so um, real opportunity to learn how to do it fundamentally correct. And um, so highly recommend you look up Blacks Academy via YouTube, or Blacks Academy, uh, their website as well. And Blacks is spelled B-L-A-X-E. So thanks for, thankful to them to be our latest sponsor. This morning's discussion question, Odell Beckham. Junior and Bitcoin, what the F happened? Uh, as I promised, I would get to 050. They've been waiting on for a while, so I do apologize for the wait. But thank you. Let us know your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Hey, the name is Patrick, and I think this is a great discussion. Um, um, thank I, you, uh, we, we, uh, you know, one of the things that was spoken about was that the U.S. dollar will, will be switching over to a digital currency, and they're already talking, or the Fed is already in discussions about a CBDC, which is a central bank digital currency. Now, central bank digital currencies won't be cryptocurrency. There'll be a distinction. So they will be able to tell not your identity by number, but they'll be able to attach your name and other uh, um, data points from who you are on there. So that's the, kind of a different thing. Um, it's kind of just like, uh, like you guys said, just to – Digital version of a dollar, but the scary mm-hmm. thing is that now all of your transactions using a CBDC um, will be tracked. So it's not mm-hmm. like I can just pay you $5 for something. If, you know, if, if cash is gone and you use that, everything will be tracked and can be taxed. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing, on, as far as Bitcoin is concerned, um, which is interesting, I want to ask your guest this because you know, El Salvador is the first country that made Bitcoin legal tender alongside of the U.S. dollar. Now, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of opposition from the IMF, World Bank, U.S., everybody, right? Mm-hmm. I think, I think, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Now, I think one of the reasons is because they probably had some kind of plans to try to regulate Bitcoin and try to find some way to tax it, even though I don't know how they would ever do that, but mm-hmm. try to find some way to tax it. But now that it's legal currency, that's legal tender, mm-hmm. They can't. Mm-hmm. They can't tax it because mm-hmm. no nation taxes legal tender from another country. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. really, we can just say if they came around and said, "Well, we have new regulations to tax it," we can just say we hold El Salvadoran legal tender. You can't tax it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, and I'll, I'll comment about NFT. Well, I, well, I think in regards to Bitcoin, it's a lot like gold. Again, everything that you look at Bitcoin, Bitcoin is nothing new under the sun in regards to a transition into a new type of uh, currency. Doesn't mean that that thing is going to be the currency. It just means it helps transition 
into what they want the currency to ultimately be and adopt. And I think Bitcoin is serving that purpose. It's to get people to buy into digital, the form of digital currency. And that's the first thing you got to do. You got to get people sold on the way that digital currency as a whole actually works, right? And so you seem to be very well educated, and that's by the information, right? Like you understand what, you know, uh, CBDC I'm, is. I'm a developer. You understand what stable so, Yeah, you understand yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. So with that being said, so. that lowers, yes, that lowers the resistance of, you know, the trackability and what you think it is to be, and it shows a lot of the positive side. So I think, uh, I think El Salvador is one of those examples, like, oh, this could be used in that way. And Bitcoin, stable, the stablecoin conversation is not being had in the public. That's being had in Congress. That's being had, or what you refer to as CBDCs. That's, the regulation is being figured out about that because that ultimately is what they want to put into our system. It's not Bitcoin. Bitcoin, if you look at historically, Bitcoin, again, is just like gold. Gold served that thing where people said, okay, gold is, we can, we, can, we can do the same thing with gold, right? We can transact. We can do this. But eventually what happened is when regulation came in, right, with the dollar, right, the, the powers that be said, all right, we ain't messing with gold no more. It's illegal to mess with gold. Matter of fact, because it's anonymous, a lot of bad things can happen with that, right? And it, you can easily paint the picture of Bitcoin to be either a liberator or, a, uh, or something for bad. You can say, hey, Bitcoin is being used because it's anonymous. It can be used for child trafficking and pornography. It can be used for gun running, right? So it, it, it gives them the ability to, the, the narrative around Bitcoin, they can change it whenever they want to. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's anonymous, right? And right. so it serves its, it serves its purpose in one aspect, but when, time, when, time, when the time is ready, right, when the, when the legislation and the regulation is set around what you want to do on the CBD stablecoin side, Bitcoin can easily be seen right. as the evil, the evil big brother. You understand what I'm saying? And right. well, so yeah, that's going to push over the trackability side. Yeah, CBDCs are different from the existing stablecoins. So the existing stablecoins you can use to get additional yield on your money. Um, um, you can get use yeah, it yeah, for yeah. a lot of different things. And, but right, CBDCs right. haven't been created yet. They're thinking about maybe five or six years. They'll they'll start. They they'll like be it. able to roll it out. It, it's going right. to be a centralized Actually, version yes. of yes what you see it's now. So it's not really yeah, going to be cryptocurrency at all. Yeah. yeah it, it, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I agree with you. The, the stable coins are basically the the digital version of the dollar that we have today. Right. It's stable. Hence the word stable. It doesn't fluctuate. So there's no money to be made in stable coins other than the annual year percentage you can get off a of hold of it. For instance, if I go buy a stable coins right now, if I, if I buy $100,000 worth of stable coins, I can make a lot more annual yield percentage on it than I can hold it in U.S. dollar, right? That's the incentive to understand what it is and even to convert your U.S. dollar over to a digital. Imagine this. If I said, what's your name, sir? What's your name? I didn't get your name. What's your name? Patrick. Patrick. If I said, Patrick, hey, Patrick, for the same money you have, instead of making – you know, 0 0.01 annual percentage yield on it. If you convert this over to the digital form of the same value, right, I'm going to give you, uh, you know, 0 0.15. I'm going to give you 2%. That's what's going on right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm making so, 13% yeah. off my Cosmos. 
I'm making thirteen percent APY off our Cosmos, and I'm making five yeah. percent off of off of uh, Ada. So th- these That's are the these are and yeah, right. So I think they will come yeah. after stable coins really hard, and they're going to try to yeah. usher in their CBDCs. Um, but yeah. this is a great discussion as far as NFTs are concerned. I think NFTs, we're just seeing the first use case, a very popular and very mm-hmm. successful use case for NFTs. Mm-hmm. But I think the, 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 the more impactful use cases for NFTs hasn't come along yet. And that's with ID, deeds, titles, that kind of yeah. thing. When you start tokenizing properties, being able to buy yeah. into a part of a property and having that, right. that NFT well, as that. a deed or a title, um, those well, kind of that. things are going to be more exciting. To me anyway i would tell i would tell everybody listening i would tell everybody listening this is kind of what you want to take a look into right they call it iso 222 coin right iso 222 coin iso 222 coin these are the utility coins right and the utility coins are coins that are needed right and they're already been identified as iso 222 right these are the coins that have been highly suppressed over the last seven years, right, because they are the utility coins. They are your XRPs, XLM, Algorand, XDC. These are coins that are needed in order to do things like cross-border payments, right? It's a little deep, but what I would suggest is go look at those. The, the, the buy-in price right now, those, and I just suggest this. I'm not a financial advisor by any means, but the buy-in price for those particular coins, the ISO coins, are very low because they're not ready yet. But, and they're real utilities. They actually have a real use case, and they're being used at the moment by the banking system, right, which is why they have a CERT, which is the ISO 222. Look into those. Those are the ones that I would really be interested in purchasing right now because once it goes from speculative environment, which it will, right, kind of what you're saying with Bitcoin right now, right, to a regulated environment, what's going to happen is the regulated stuff is going to be more valuable than the speculation. The speculation is just to get uh, training, understanding, sales, marketing, right? When they transition from the speculation to the to utilization of the utilities, then those will then and be at a higher price. So what I'm currently doing, uh, which I, you know, would, you know, what I'm currently doing, just to give you guys an idea of what I'm doing, is I am purchasing more of the utility coins, which is the ISO 222 coins. And they're very affordable, right? And um, you can, you know, it's going to transition. It's not, it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. So, yeah, that's now, the I love side. That's we're the break. Yeah. Now, we're up against the yeah. break. Um, as, as, as always, uh, Patrick, excellent three cents this morning. Thanks for your patience on getting in this morning. I got to get Brother Kevin out of South Carolina in after the next break. Thanks a lot for your um, three cents this morning, King. No problem. If he could talk to a smart contract, that'll be it too. Thanks for the thanks for the show and, and let me get my two cents in. Thanks. Three Thank cents, you, brother. Yep. Not the smartest audience in radio. Y'all <laughs> three cents. Three cents. Three cents. Sorry. All right, there we go, King. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Vince Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. 
They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still know it's me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Uh, you can start your brokerage account, right? If you've never done investing, anything that will allow you to get into the market is a great idea for tax refund money. If you've been thinking about starting a business and there is capital that's required for it, go ahead and take some of that tax refund and do that. There are a lot of things that you could do with that tax refund money. The best bet is to have a plan for that money right now so that when it's actually in your hand, you're not trying to think of what I could be doing or what I could have done, right? Have a plan now, and you can split that money up among a lot of different things depending on how much money you're getting back. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest William Agnew. This morning's discussion question, Odell Beckham Jr. and Bitcoin, what the F happened? As you just heard a cut from one of my Queens of Intellect members is also the founder of Making Money Matters, uh, Ashley Thomas. Uh, this is basically a video cut. I highly recommend you follow her on IG at Making Money Matters. Uh, she was also partnered with her company to do our Making Money Matter Mondays, uh, which she'll put out videos like you just heard, as well as once a month we have a invite only. Uh, 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 you must DM us to get invites to our uh, second Mondays of each um, month. So I wanted to highlight that partnership, as also, and just to bring a little context into today's discussion. Um, Unfortunately, I did have a financial advisor that was going to be on with us because definitely want to be clear. Like William said, he's not a financial advisor. He was just telling you what he's personally doing. Uh, we're not asking that. Yeah, we're not necessarily giving out advice. I appreciate that example. And, again, I'm, the reason I wanted to have a financial advisor on here was to give even more context. But something that um, Ashley, who's a personal finance coach, or some of the financial advisors we have as a part of the community club, one thing that they always love to highlight when it comes to, again, even discussions like this, is the, the reality of understanding the percentage of your portfolio that you would even use to play in a space like this. I've mentioned it in the first hour, and I'll mention it again. The first thing is understanding, one, the type of invest, investor that you might be, right? Um, and so understanding if whether you're a conservative investor or a risk, you know, a risk adverse investor or various types of investors. But the, the, the number one thing that when we've had previous discussions is understanding what part of your portfolio, what percentage of your portfolio in a sense should be involved. And I'm highlighting this because currently on the Internet, there's always people who are pushing you saying, hey, I'm making a bunch of money over here, whether that's investing in cryptocurrency or whether that's trading, like we hear with Blacks Academy. Um, like in, I 
actually to do a that was just a piece of a video a video talking about things you could do with your tax refund and I pointed out the point of maybe getting a brokerage account that's to invest in the regular trade you know the regular stock market you might use some of your you know tax refund if you're getting one in order to get into this space the key that I hear most financial advisors say right now with the quote-unquote volatility of it is that of your investment portfolio, 5% of it could be used for this. They typically don't recommend higher than that, especially if you're new to the space. I don't know. I'm not, not going to ask how much, you know, of again, how much William, but it, what you do here is William has a lot of knowledge base. But getting into the space Anytime that you're investing, you kind of learn along the way. So just keep that in mind. So whether it's take a little bit of extra tax refund and you take, you know, and, and maybe do some of what you're hearing today, just understand that you shouldn't be putting your all of your eggs in one basket. And we've seen people make that kind of mistake. So I definitely wanted to just highlight that, highlight that before we continue this discussion. Uh, absolutely. 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 Yeah, I had to do that more than anything. We're talking about the space for the knowledge of it and the opportunity to make money because the thing about a, a, a space like this, that 5% might make more than the rest of your portfolio sometimes. So, <laughs> so it's worth I mean, it can be worth it in that sense, but we are yeah, clarifying yeah. it shouldn't be 50% of your portfolio. Go ahead, William, then I'm going to get the cap. Well, I just, I, you know, just give you an example of my uh, my experience, you know, how I started. And the way that I started was uh, I started traditional. Like I said, I started traditional. And in that tradition for that first 10 years, I actually had 401K, right? I did the mutual funds. I did the, the typical normal stuff that people do to save a little bit of money. And then by the time I left that corporation, I had, you know, I had a little bit of money to actually work with. So then I took that money, right, and I created a business, right, that, allowed me to build and create some passive cash flow and stuff like that. And then, you know, I transitioned into, you know, investment. So what I do is take some of that money, 30%, 20%, and put that into other investments, land, real estate, right, um, you know, cryptocurrency. So it is. It's diversifying. It's not, you know, because what you'll find once you get into investment is investing is that sometimes it, things ebbs and flow. So when this is up, this might be down. When this is up, mm -hmm. this might be down. And so diversity helps you to, you know, uh, if you got everything in one, when it's down, it's down. You know what I mean? So that's what you don't mm -hmm. want to be in. You want to be diverse and you want to be, you know, and, and again, you kind of want to do it. You want to start not so risky, right? You want to start with more, you know, and again, it's not financial advice, but this is my experience. What I did is I, you know, didn't start so risky. I started with things that were pretty, you know, pretty, pretty, you know, you know, Safe, stable, and then I moved into more, yeah, stable, and then I moved into more risk. So now I'm at that risk point, but it's it's been in 15, 20 years. So it's a process. Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's a process. It's not the casino. No. It's a process, right? And, and so Michael, shout out to Michael Sutton, right? I, I think I tore his name up a little bit before, but no, shout right. out to him. I talk, yeah, yeah. He uh, he 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 is the guy that you really want to talk to about, you know, investment strategy, the rules of investing, right? So. No, absolutely. And again, yeah. it would just be remiss for us, you know, to spend two hours and not make sure that clarity is heard because what we're not doing is we're not on the internet selling you on, you know, get rich with big, that you could, but that's, we're you not could, just yeah. talking to you. That's not what we do here. Right. All right, let's get Brother Kevin on out of South Carolina. What you got for us, okay. King? Thanks for calling in this morning. 
how y'all doing? This is a, a great discussion. Um, I don't know much about it, but here's what, what worries me. What I've been doing for the last several years is trying to fight this so-called digital uh, overtaking, you know, trying not to use, uh, you know, the, the cash registers with credit cards and this, that, and the third. Uh-huh. Uh, trying to keep the, the cash, paper cash, as long as possible. Why? Because, unfortunately, our people are not ready. Our organizations mm-hmm. are not teaching our people how to empower themselves. It, see, this system is set up so beautifully. It's set up that when you decide as a people, as a group, to try to make something happen and empower yourself, it moves the goalposts. Mm-hmm. Now, right now, I mean, y'all know it. Y'all know it like the back of your hand. I got, y'all like scholars right now on it. But you actually, mm-hmm. every average, everyday brother and sister, they ain't got a clue. They don't even know about the regular money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they ain't even caught up with the regular money yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yes. this is mm-hmm. the problem. Your churches ain't talking mm-hmm. about it. Your legislators ain't talking about it. Your black legislators, no one, the, the civic groups, uh, the NWCP, nothing. No one's talking about this to, in, you know, ensure that just like the work market right now. Because we don't have our own institutions that teach us, we're not prepared right. for the future jobs that are coming up here. That's the big complaint of many industries that's out there now. Now we're talking mm-hmm. about switching something to digital that we know nothing about and something that they can take, at least with cash. You can't just take my cash. You've got to come to my house and reach in my pocket <laughs> or reach in my, you know, one up on my bed to take right. this. With this digital right. thing, we have so many hacks in the last couple of years. Every company is being hacked. Now, I'm a millionaire, and all of a sudden, boop, wait a minute. We, I wake up tomorrow, my money gone. It ain't nothing I can do about it. <laughs> uh-huh. This is the yeah. thing that, that really scares me when it comes to this here. We are pushing, you know, to get this thing to moving, but we have, we have no control over it. We ain't talking about regulation. Trust me, these people know what they're doing. They know they're going to track every dime you got. You, you, oh, we're going to be able to catch it or track it. I promise you, they got something in play. They're telling you that now so you can put all your eggs in that basket. But trust me, these mm-hmm. are people who own the computers, who make the free computers, who print the stuff. They, they know how to catch up with you. Do something you ain't got no business get the government. You don't think they can catch you. <laughs> you know, they ain't going to be able to regulate your money, how many Bitcoins or the, uh, the crypto. Trust me. There's no way in the world. This is their system. They know what they're doing. They just got to do it in a way to get everybody to, you know, to buy into it. And now once I got you, I got you. That's why this new, what, $600 cap, anything over $600 a year got to be reported to the IRS. See, that's to catch them little stragglers like me, you know, that little little money. Because, see, all the big people going to put their money in the crypto. So now they're going to catch the little money that's out there, and we're going to snatch all that from you. And now we're going to get and force everybody into the, the, the digital part. Now I really got you. It's almost like the vaccines. Uh-oh. <laughs> we're going to force I you into doing what we want Kevin, you to do. Go ahead. Sounds scared, brother. <laughs> I mean, what I mean, you know, we ain't prepared. And we ain't got nobody preparing our people as a group, not individual. Yeah, we got a few little individuals here and there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like pyramid scheme, you know, you always got the fellow come in, man, let me, let me introduce you, come to this meet, man. There's a fellow coming from California, and he makes millions of dollars. Well, show me your check. So let me, let me, let me throw this out to you, brother. Show me your check. 
No, I always appreciate the perspective. And um, so I'll just throw this out just again as, a, as just somewhat of a dialogue. So um, in reality, our, our entire country is behind on this. And I'm not, when I say behind, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about behind from the standpoint that we all need to be doing it. I'm just talking about, um, you know, a lot of, I'm just want to get into the context of saying, hey, our people are not being shown this and that type of thing. Um, the reality is um, anytime there's something new, there's going to be a lot of fear involved. And so what mm-hmm. you're hearing from William is someone who's learned the information got the knowledge. And so with anything, as you get the information, you lose the fear. And so um, the only thing I would just kind of just throw out as a dialogue to you is, um, and this is always a risk for as things progress, uh, the fear that drives you not to look into the progress, because the more information you have, the less you will get burned by that progress. But the fear that keeps you from looking into it is how we get left behind. So I like doing these dialogues because I have to challenge myself mm-hmm. not to be fearful of these spaces. Like I said, we're listening mm-hmm. to William, who's been a long time a doctor, and obviously he can he's a great educator, and he can teach you and, you know, kind of get, inform us, and that's what he's been able to do. That's, when you always say there's no organization, I always hate when you call my show and say there's nobody keeping us. <laughs> that's what we do every Saturday, Calvin. And so, uh, so now if you want to support and share and spread the word about what we're doing, that there, 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 there's a place to doing that. So I do like to, because you say that every time you call my show, and I'm like, well, why are we on this show doing it if ain't nobody doing it, brother? So I'm just kind of messing with you. No, no, no. What I mean is this. I know what you well, mean. I mean. I'm just messing I can, with you. I can pick it up. I would like you to highlight yeah, 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 I know. that every Saturday mm-hmm. there's a space and share the space yeah. and come support the space because we can't stay here every mm-hmm. Saturday without your actual support. So just keep that in mind. We're here every Saturday. Make sure you're supporting what we're doing. I'll give you one last thought, and i got to go to another break. Yeah, what I mean is I can pick it up. I, I, I can, you know, I know I can pick it up. But my thing is this, all right, like we had a little thing about uh, here in, in, in where I'm at now. Keep it quick, keep it quick, 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 quick. I'm going to break. So, yeah, yeah. Our groups, our churches, our, the things, the institutions that we got our kids in, we need to force our people to say, look here, you need to, this is what you need to be doing right now. You need to be focusing on this right here. See, we are yep, horrible. the middle dialogue that. every Saturday. That's what you tell them, yeah. brother. Yeah, we got you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what you do. Just tell them all. We got one spot every Saturday. You get on here. Tell them to listen to us every Saturday. We got it. All right, y'all got to go, brother. I'll holler at you. All right. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. All I ask is that you think. Are you intimidated by money? Well, this is a question most people never think to ask themselves. But when forced to think about it, many people realize they have unrecognized fears that truly affect how they deal with money. If you want to learn more about money and the fears that keep you from prosperity, join us for Making Money Matter Monday where money meets mental health with personal finance coach Ashley Thomas and psychotherapist Dr. Katrina Pitt. Every second Monday of the month, find out if you're intimidated by money and what to do about it. To receive a link to this free Zoom event, please DM the Making Money Matter or the Mental Dialogue Instagram pages or contact 404-604-9477. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? 
It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you missed the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of Intelligent Radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. And yes, we are on all of your podcast streaming platforms. So definitely look us up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, get the numbers up, share, let people know what we're doing here every Saturday. Ultimately, uh, we are trying to raise the culture, culture, but ultimately trying to create a virtual nationwide neighborhood with African-American learning. African-Americans learn to trade ideas, such as what we're discussing today, goods and services. We've made live on-air connections with people who have actually done business together. We are trying to be a neighborhood, as I was just, in a sense, challenging the last caller, Kevin, to, you know, let people know what we're doing on Saturday. Let these organizations know. Uh, But the Making Money Matters uh, Mondays commercial that you just heard with Ashley Thomas, Uh, perfect segue to a degree coming off of what, in a sense, Kevin was mentioning, because at the end of the day, um, we're always talking about financial literacy. Obviously, when we get to a conversation like today, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, NFTs, in a sense, uh, the future of finance, if you will, to a degree. And, 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 and to be clear, I think William is, you know, in a sense, I want to make sure we understand this. My um, guest, William, as he's navigating through this, he's talking about this adoption and these transitions. Uh, as, as him and Brother Pianchi d- 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 um, discussed earlier, it's not that William's saying, Fiat, 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 how you say it? Fiat, fiat currency is going fiat, away, fiat, if you fiat, will. Fiat, fiat, I'm sorry, um, is going away, but he's just talking about, and again, at the end of the day, it's going to be a player right alongside. So let's, let's, so let's understand that when he's talking about these things that are happening, he's not making an argument against fiat. He's just talking about the reality of this adoption, for, you know, or whatever. And at the end of the day, um, again, just a perfect transition coming off of Kevin is the Making Money Matter Mondays. At the end of the day, financial literacy is more than the literacy itself. It's ultimately understanding the mindset. So I want to highlight our Making Money Matter Mondays. Every second Monday, we get together with Ashley Thomas as well as psychotherapist Dr. Katrina Pittman and get into our mindset behind money because once you control the mindset then it doesn't matter whether you're in the fiat space or the digital space Uh understanding Uh one yourself your fears that are driving you and how it plays out in your abundance or lack thereof is something that once you understand that it doesn't matter which space you're in so that's something that we're also helping with and would like to highlight as well uh, for this last bit of this segment, let's just touch on, because, you know, we're going to be fortunate enough for those that are part of the Mental Dialogue Mastermind. Let me, in a sense, um, toot our own horn. We do have a mastermind level. You can go to mentaldialogue.com. We ask that people uh, outside of Atlanta, you can see the levels, um, become a member or a supporter of what we're doing, but those at the platinum and black level have opportunities to take part in our mental dialogue masterminds, which are invite only specifically invite only events 
where we go even deeper than what you heard today. And so something that William has kept mentioning, and I just think I want to segue into it just to be fair, is the idea of stable coins. Because the way I mm-hmm. understand it, at least at this point, and I know we're going to do a deeper discussion as a part of the mastermind, but the way I understand it and the one thing that you want people to understand most and foremost is there's no one, we've been saying this, there's no hiding your head in the sand. This, to a degree, digital currency is a reality of the future that is one coming. But the concept of stable coin is the thing that you are most excited about because it's allowing more people to play. And that's been mm-hmm. the difference in right now when we see inflation and we're always talking about what the wealthy are able to do versus what the rest of us are able to do. And so that is to a degree is going to still be the case in the digital space if you ne- if mm-hmm. you don't come to understand stable coins, at least the way you've explained it. So let's just let's dive right. into that last segment. Well, stable coins, uh, stable coins are an interesting concept because away from Bitcoin, Bitcoin is where it has everybody's attention, and obviously that's just the flashy, shiny thing, so to speak, right? It's the it's the gold, right? So it shines, so and people are all about making money, you know, and people are all about I'm just going to hold this for the ability to make money. So what people really aren't looking at is the utilization of it for the most part because the profit is what sells. You know, the benefit is what sells. I mean, nobody does anything without benefit, right? Nobody's going to go to the workout in the gym, you know, with no benefit. They go to the gym because it benefits them in a way that they look better, they're healthy, and so on. So it's the same thing with stable coins. Stable coins are the utility. It's the utility of how things are going to work in the future, but people aren't really focused on that. But the way stable coins are going to work is when you combine that with the technology that we talked about, which is the blockchain, Right, and you combine that with the fact that everybody has a exchange on their phone, which is your bank, right? So now your banking is going to be on your phone, right? So just in that concept, you can imagine how many people now have access to banking that would not have had access to banking in the past in terms of, uh, you know, bank utilization. And so what what stablecoins allow is, like we said before with Dr. Pianchi. The USD isn't going away. It's just the reach is going to become more significant in terms of how it can be utilized when you digitize it versus, you know, cash transactions and things like that, right? At the end of the day, we know that taxes are important, making sure that people pay their fair share, right? All of that's important. Now, I do what Calvin said, or I think his name is Calvin, what he said is, 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 is something you should be concerned about in terms of, you know, transparency and accessibility to and privacy and things. Yes, just like any other technology, just like your phone, right? You gave away some privacy with adopting the technology of your phone. This is no different, right? As we, as we move into this level of technology that's around financing, and financing is the basis of everything. It's the platform. It's the foundation. That's why it's important for us to understand finance. We should be learning finance from the very beginning. We should be teaching our kids because Everything, whether you're talking about uh, NFTs or Bitcoin or whatever it is, right, everything, the foundation is finance, right? And so what we got to understand is accepting this technology, you know, through the stablecoin utilization, which is stablecoins is just another name for your local currency. So for us, our local currency in the United States would be the USDC, the United States digital coin, right? If you go to China, it's going to be what they call the yuan. Right. If you go to Russia, it's going to be something else. But the stable coin in that in that local area is your 
you know, is, is your currency. Now, with that being said, you have to have the ability to transact because we have all of these emerging markets, and we want to be able to transact across borders, right? So I want to be able to do business in the United States with China, but we operate on different currencies. So this is where the stablecoin actually comes in. So what it does ultimately is it allows transparency, control, and making sure that things stay whole in terms of financing. But it allows you to do that in a more uh, globalized marketplace, which is where we're going to. So the marketplace is becoming global in the way that we transact money, right? Everything that we talked about today in terms of the technology, the blockchain, the stable coins, right, Uh, the ISO 222, and if you go look at that, it'll tell you that those have been approved for banking regulated transactions. That's why I focus on those uh, because they're a very big part of what's to come. But all of that expands our ability to trade. At the end of the day, it's just about trade. It's just about the ability to trade currency. And, we, and you know, that, that's just what it is at the end of the day. And so that's very important. And so what they're trying to usher in is the system that allows us to do that. So everything you're seeing is just ushering in that system that allows, you know, everything to be controlled and emerge the market, right? And so a lot of, that's a lot of productivity that can happen. That's why we said earlier, like Dr. Pianchi, 27 trillion is nothing if you can bring more people into the marketplace. It's about the size of the marketplace versus how much money you actually transact with. So that's the, that's the, to sum it up, if I were to sum it up and give you kind of the reader's digest of everything we talked about, the idea is to be able to expand what we do in the United States across the world, but control what we do in the United States across the world, if that makes sense. No, it makes sense, and I love the Reader's Digest version because, again, we're saving the, the um, you know what I mean, the deep dive for the uh, mastermind. And the, and, and the what part you of the should digest, do, yeah, how you yeah, capitalize, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 how do we as individuals yeah, yeah, yeah. take advantage of it? Absolutely. And, exactly. and, and, you know, and again, yes. we're talking about diversified portfolios and, and in a sense, people mm-hmm. who, Again, um, have in a sense a time, or should at least be aware of it. Um, even if if you in a sense have a level of wealth, and you should, one should be aware. But the other thing is just mm-hmm. to make sure, uh, as we say, teaching finances. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you don't want to you don't want to miss the boat on the transition. Right, and that and that's what you know. That's why we're having the mastermind. Um, you know, and I mm-hmm. and I liken it too, as I was taught by a brother who's who's been a, a guest on the show in the past. Um, Glenn Hyatt, um, when he was first breaking down to me of cryptocurrency, um, if you can imagine mm-hmm. as the world transitioned from, you know, bartering and you're going, you're gonna you're gonna pay me in paper, like this the concept <laughs> of now that we accept <laughs> right. cash as this thing. Right. If you think about exactly. the majority of the world of how trading and transactions happen, it's been right. actually. Humans did that without a piece of paper for much longer than they ever mm-hmm. did with a piece of paper. And so he right. likened the transition to fiat paper currency as the transition from the world moving from border and trading um, skills Goats to chickens. Yeah. how to take this piece of paper to accept yeah. the work you've done. Exactly. And so that's basically just understanding 
the beginning transition to paper is what we're experiencing here, and that's just to give it some mm-hmm. context. We've got about 30 seconds. If you want to say anything else, brother, thank you so much. You've been wonderful as always. Um, definitely appreciate you for the education purposes. If you want to learn more, no join us at mentaldialogue.com and get invited to some of our invite-only masterminds. Thank you, King. No doubt. Thank you, sir. All I ask for y'all next Saturday. <laughs>